John 20, verse 11 says this. It says, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. These words have been ringing in my head and in my heart all week long. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. I'll be honest with you, it's been hard for me to even fathom someone weeping at the empty tomb that Easter morning. I mean, think about it. Christ is risen. Sin has been defeated. Death did not triumph over Jesus. And yet, Mary is weeping outside the tomb. Why is it that on the day the world received the greatest news ever, Mary found herself weeping? Maybe she's weeping because internally she was struggling emotionally that day. I mean, it's possible that the pain she experienced on Friday as she saw Jesus die on the cross was still fresh and raw on her heart. It's possible that as she made her way to the tomb that Easter morning, all of that pain that she experienced on Friday night began to bubble up inside of her again. Let me explain why I think this is possible. Last year, uh, early uh, January 2020, before COVID got uh, really bad, Susie and I had the opportunity to visit the Holy Land. And uh, we visited a whole bunch of different holy sites and traveled from Jerusalem to Galilee to everything in between. And on the last day that we were there, we got to visit a place called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Now, this church is both complex and extremely holy all at the same time. You see, this one building, it's a massive building, but this one building belongs to the Greek Orthodox Church, the Catholic Church, and the Armenian Apostolic Church. And so you walk inside, and just to give you an idea of what the space looks like, you walk inside, and to the back left, there's this one uh, worship space for one church. And then you go to your right, and you go down these steps, and there's another worship space there for another church. And then you, you, somewhere in the middle and up some stairwell, there's another worship space that belongs to another church. And I've never been able to find that place, but I've been able to see it, uh, depending where you stand. But that's not what makes this building so special. This building is actually a very holy site. And so I want to give you a picture of, of what else is inside the building. So when, when you walk inside and you turn to your right and you look up, you can see the exact place where many believe Jesus' crucifixion took place. And so you go up this really steep stairwell and, and, and there's this uh, room with beautiful art and artifacts and even this glass casing where you can see through and see the ground that is underneath this building. And as you walk through that area, you just, you know that there's something special about that place. But then uh, if you're back at the door and you turn to your left, there's another room where many believe that is the, that, that is the exact location of Jesus' tomb. And that that place, that, that tomb, is known as a, the Holy Sepulchre. And so years ago, someone built a tiny chapel in that room, and it has two rooms. Well, the, the first room is a, um, uh, holds a piece of stone that many believe is part of the stone that covered the tomb. And if you keep walking into the next room, I mean, it's tiny. Uh, two people fit shoulder to shoulder next to each other, and that's it. There's a, a, a stone bed where many believe Jesus' body was laid after he had died. And again, when you, when you go into that chapel, you just feel like there's something special to that place. 
So I remember standing at the entrance of this church and I looked to my left and I was filled with with just this joy because I knew that besides the tourists that were in that uh, little chapel, I knew that the tomb was empty. But then I looked to my right and immediately my heart became heavy. Images of Jesus being mocked began to cross my brain. I imagined the wounds on his back and the pain on his wrists as those nails were hammered through. Within seconds, I went from complete joy to a heavy heart. Look, I can picture Mary walking towards the tomb, and as she does, she looks over her shoulder to the spot where Jesus hung on the cross just a couple of days before. And it's possible that she could still vividly remember the pain on Jesus' face, the blood running down his back. Maybe as she made her way to the tomb, she looks down and she can still see blood uh, and and the spot where he walked uh, through as, as he was walking towards his crucifixion. I can imagine the pain that she felt that Friday night as she saw Jesus take his last breath. See, from that perspective, it makes complete sense that Mary is weeping outside the tomb. I would be weeping too if I had to go back to the place where my friend died just a couple of days before. But see, I think there's another reason why she's also weeping outside, a more external reason. And the scripture is very clear about this. So for Mary, Sunday morning brought, uh, also brought fear to her because Jesus's body was missing. I want you to listen to this text. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and one other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. You see, the emotional pain that she felt on Friday evening uh, was probably bubbling up inside of her. But then she gets to the tomb, and the tomb is empty. She has no idea what happened to Jesus' body. She she doesn't know who took it, where it is, or, or even what to do next. So at this moment, it's very possible that Mary is struggling internally with the sadness of what had happened to Jesus, And now she has an external problem to solve. She has to find Jesus' body. It's almost as if she's having one of those weekends where everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And as much as she tries to hold it all together, she can't. I can imagine that the weight of it all, both uh, Friday and Sunday, becomes too heavy. And as she sits outside the tomb, she begins to weep. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been in that same place a lot this past year. It happened when we hit our one-year anniversary of our lives being turned upside down from COVID. It happened as I saw the Capitol riots unfold. It happened during every holiday and every birthday as I tried to make them feel special from the comfort of my couch. It happened while I received news of friends and family who passed away in the last year. It happened when I got news that my mom had been furloughed. It happened as the election was unfolding. It happened with every hurricane that hit Louisiana. This last year, that that same type of pain happened over and over and over again, multiple times in the last year. The weight of everything going on got the best of me. And I found myself weeping, feeling defeated and deflated under the weight of it all. 
time after time, I wondered how I would ever get past the struggles of this past year. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you relate to that? But I want you to listen to what else happens in our text, because uh, I think that if you have ever felt defeated and deflated, there is something important that we can learn from Mary's experience. So I want you to listen to the rest of this text. This is what it says. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which translates to teacher. Now, I want you to picture what is happening here. Mary finds herself weeping outside the tomb, overwhelmed by the weight of everything she is dealing with. At first, Jesus speaks to her, but she doesn't recognize his voice. She keeps asking about Jesus' body because at the moment, she is so overwhelmed that the only thing she can think about is finding Jesus' body. But Jesus doesn't let her stay in that state of mind. He calls her by name, says, Mary, and snaps her out of it. In that moment, she realized that the person talking to her is not the gardener, but Jesus himself. Jesus is alive, and because of that, her mourning has turned into joy. See, the greatest thing that could have happened that morning was not that Jesus' body would be found. The greatest thing that could have happened that morning was that the tomb would be empty, which meant one important truth. Death did not defeat Jesus. Jesus is alive. See, because Jesus is alive, the weight of the struggles of this world may be heavy and may seem to get the best of us, but ultimately they have no power over us because Jesus has already defeated our struggles. Look, I want you to hear this. Because Jesus is alive, there is no sorrow that Jesus cannot heal. There is no brokenness that Jesus cannot heal. There is no dysfunction that Jesus cannot heal. There is no political turmoil that Jesus cannot heal. There is no brokenness that Jesus cannot heal. See, Jesus, uh, seeing Jesus alive and standing right in front of her means that Jesus can heal and overcome all of her struggles. Friends, this Easter morning, I want you to know this. Like Mary, the pain that remains from Friday and the fear that arises on Sunday morning. They may try to make us believe that the best possible outcome is to find the lifeless body of Jesus in the tomb. But here's the deal. If Mary had found the body, that would have meant that death had won, that the struggles of this world were too great even for Jesus. But that's not the truth of Easter, is it? Jesus has defeated the struggles of this world and is now calling out our name, so that we too can experience his victory. Friends, there is nothing we will ever face in this world that can defeat us because Jesus has already defeated it. His body, his risen body, and the empty tomb tell us so. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I give you thanks that you have defeated sin and death. God, because the tomb is empty today, The weight of this world may feel heavy, may overwhelm us, may feel like it's uh, going to overcome us. But in the end, you have won over them.
So God, wherever our hearts are today, may we hold fast to your victory, knowing that no matter how heavy the weight of this world may be, you have offered us victory over it. God, we give you thanks, and we pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.